0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 265, and I think I'm going to call it keyword... Colon, start. Yeah. So I'm answering more questions from my um super secret Facebook group. Um you can find out how to join that. That's a perk of being a patron of the show. Uh you can go to patreon.com slash slob comes clean. Um anyway, so I had uh, answered questions last week and basically put the ones together that all ended with the answer is the five minute pickup. <laughs> and it's funny to me because So I don't always listen to my own podcast, but I listened to that one and it was really good. Like it was really good. Um, anyway, but somebody had emailed and said, um, that they had seen the title and they were like, I know what a five minute pickup is and it doesn't make any difference in my house. And so I'm not going to listen to that one. But then for some reason it auto played, um, which you should all subscribe so that it auto plays anyway. I have to tell a story about that really quickly anyway, but she listened to it and she was like, Oh my word, that's, what I've been doing wrong with the five minute pickup and it helped her. And she didn't actually say, Oh my word. But anyway, that's the general gist of the email that I'm not actually reading word for word, but basically it was helpful for her, even though she wasn't for sure it was gonna be helpful. So here's the story about auto-playing. I have like some of my daughter's music is on my phone, um, from back before she had a phone. And so it drives me banana I mean, the weirdest things will just randomly play. I'm going, I was in the middle of listening to a podcast and I get into my car, it hooks up to Bluetooth and suddenly it starts playing some boy band. And I'm like, Oh my word. Anyway. So my husband (laughs) went camping with one of his friends and our sons and, um, they got into, um, our friend's truck and he plugged in his phone. My husband plugged in his phone and his friend's truck to do the, this is a totally random story to charge his phone. Well, his Car is fancier than ours, and that meant that it actually hooked up the USB. And it started playing a song and the random they were like, What is this? It started playing um the soundtrack to Lay Miz. My husband loves the soundtrack to Lay Miz. <laughs> so on this like guys' camping trip, they um that's what started blaring out of the speakers, and it was just hilarious, and it makes me laugh. But anyway, that was a super random story. I'm so glad you're still here. Anyway, um, before I get going on answering these questions that, um, the answer has something to do with keyword start, or at least some of them do. Uh, let me tell you about this episode's sponsor, who is Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a subscription based healthy meal planning service. So here is what, um, Allison, the founder does. Okay. She creates a meal plan for you. So you do not receive food in the mail. Okay. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the meal plan, which is why it's significantly cheaper than that. Okay. So you order your own groceries from your own grocery store, but you use the list that she gives you. This list is all separated out so that you know, if I don't want to cook this one meal right here, then I'm not going to order those groceries. Okay. Like everything is very clear, which groceries go for which meals. So you order the groceries and you have her instruction sheet. This is what makes prep dish unique as a meal planning service. You have an instruction sheet that tells you how to do one prep session for the whole week. Okay. So it's going to say, chop this. It's going to say, put these things together, make this sauce, go ahead and get this together, blah, blah. I mean, like you're going to have everything done so that on the nights when you actually cook the meals, you're going to be able to get them put together, not pre-cooked. They're just pre-prepped. So you'll have all the prep work done. You put them together, you cook them. It goes super fast. And it means that when you actually have the time, maybe it's on the weekend, maybe it's on Monday morning, whatever you can put that work in. And then on a busy evening or on an evening where you just simply don't feel like making a healthy meal, the vast majority of the work is done and you can get those meals on the table quickly. Again, they're very healthy. So she's got paleo meal plans, gluten-free meal plans. It's really, and they're all delicious too. Okay. So it's really something that is absolutely worth it for you to check out. And Allison offers my listeners a free two-week trial. Just go to prepdish.com slash clean. You can sign up for that free two-week trial. Again, that's prepdish, dot com slash clean, and get your free two-week trial. Okay. All right. So keyword is start. So again, these are questions. They knew that these were for the podcast. All inflections are my own and sometimes you might get a glimpse of what my answer is going to be by my inflections. Anyway, you'll see. Okay. Y'all are used to me being sassy. So nobody's going to like ask a question and think, I can't believe she was sassy and her answer to my question. Right. I hope. I'm so sorry if anybody's offended. I just apologize. Anyway. Okay. So here we go. Here's the first question. How do I start decluttering for a move when I'm house hunting and don't know if I will need certain things or not? Totally, totally logical question. The keyword here is start. Okay. Now, the reason I'm making this the keyword is when I hear this, and I could be wrong on this, but when I hear this, what I'm thinking of is the plan. Okay. How hard is this going to be? Which when you're talking about house hunting, the idea of that is something that is completely overwhelming. Okay. So it is completely normal and logical and understandable to be thinking ahead. How is this actually going to play out? How is this going to work in my house with how things operate and how I function? Okay. So I totally get it. All right. And we're talking about a move and all that kind of stuff. But here's, here's the thing. When I hear the word, how do I start? I, my mind goes to my own thing I have to be really, really careful of, which is trying to get everything figured out before I even start. Okay. That's my own thing I had to realize was a real bad thing that I used to do. Okay. <laughs> that I still struggle with. I mean, it's just the reality. I want to figure it out before I do it. You guys, when I moved to Thailand, I read every single thing I could about Thailand. Like I did every bit of possible research. Of course, this was also 1997. So the internet was not exactly what it is right now. But I, if there was something on the internet, I had read it. I mean, like literally I wanted to know everything just so I felt like I could go into this situation with as much information to help me be able to function within the situation. So I get it. Okay. I get this desire to know things beforehand. And fortunately, um, my house, when I treated my house that way, it suffered for it. Okay. And I know that this is a unique situation. This is not a normal everyday thing. And yet still starting is the key. Okay. So the key word is start, start with the easy stuff. All right. Start with the does since it's going to be the whole house. Okay. That we're dealing with here. Um, with house hunting, assuming you have the visible stuff taken care of to be able to sell it. If you don't have visible stuff taken care of, then you need to focus on visible before anything else. Because if you start with cleaning out a storage shed, when you still have visible spaces completely covered in clutter, you're not going to be able to actually ever get to the point where you do sell your house. You see what I'm saying? You're going to keep pushing off this, um, potential deadline again and again and again. So I'm saying, so start with the visible stuff, start, start with the easy stuff. The does start with the trash, grab a black trash bag. If you're just completely overwhelmed and this is just something in the future, grab a, grab a black trash bag, start going through the house and throwing away trash, because it's going to really open your eyes to what all actually needs to be done. And it's going to get you moving and doing something that you're going to have to do anyway, as you're figuring out what has to be done. Okay deal with easy stuff. Anything that is a duh. Okay, go give yourself permission to go ahead and go through your house and say I'm going to just open either in the visible spaces or open spaces like closets and things like that and say I'm going to get rid of the easiest possible things here. Like the things that of course I'm not going to move that. You know, like that don't make me think about it. I just go, okay. I'm gonna fill up as many boxes as I can doing that. Okay. Always starting with the visible spaces. A duh might be the storage closet that's been nagging you because you don't actually need the stuff in it. Okay, so focus on that once you've got your visible spaces done. Focus on that storage closet because then that might give you the stuff that we totally use this all the time, and yet it doesn't need to be out and visible when um we're selling the house. You free up that space so that you'll have an, a designated place where we're going to put that stuff right now while we're, you know, selling the house when we have to be able to, you know, hide away certain things that we don't want to have out. All right. So let me talk about this one house and y'all, this has been 265 podcasts. So there's a chance I've talked about this house before, but whatever. Anyway, um, there was a house that we looked at in our first house search. Like, we have not like we've had very many. We've only owned two houses, but our first search for houses, we looked at one. And there were a lot of things about it that might have been positives. But of course, this was at the time where I personally was messy, but I assumed that was just because of my life circumstances. And I didn't think I was going to be messy anymore once I had a house, but whatever. Anyway, I just remember going and. The bathroom counters were covered in hairspray bottles and makeup and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like, like mine has been at different times. Okay, so the, I'm, I'm not saying that to criticize. What I'm saying is, if you're moving, you can live like that, you know. And you probably have slow vision, and and your eyes wake up at random points and go, "Wait a minute, what in the world's going on here?" But let moving be one of those wake up times where you look at spaces and you go, wait a minute, this can't all be out. Okay. Because as a buyer, I really did think, and there was a lot of stuff in that house anyway, but I really did think in my mind, even though I knew it wasn't even rational for me to be thinking it, I was like, I don't think they can ever get this house cleared out. Like that's the, those are the thoughts that went through my head. Like, I don't think I want to buy this house. Cause I don't think they'll ever be able to get it cleared out. And so then we'd be stuck with all this stuff because there's no possible way somebody could get this cleared out. And here I am all these years later talking about my own clutter issues as for a living, but whatever. So yes, I was judging and I'm sorry. But meanwhile, my own apartment was a disaster back where I was living, but whatever. So my point is, if there are spaces like that, that's going to be something that you have to do anyway. Okay. You really, I mean, to stage a house. Now we have all these shows about staging houses. That's, that's reality that you're going to have to deal with that stuff, with that stuff anyway. So start with that. Okay. Because the temptation is to go, Oh, well, I need to, you know, get, no, start with the visible stuff. Start with the obvious stuff that, that you maybe weren't seeing otherwise and go, okay, for this time period, i I'm going to have to pick my favorite hairspray and not have all seven options out there. I'm going to have to, you know, wear the same basic makeup palette. I don't actually use any makeup palettes, but anyway, I think that's what they're called. Um, but I'm going to have to use these same basic things for this time period of my life. Okay. Like this is just reality. That's how it's going to have to be. Okay. For this time period. So I might as well go ahead and either pack up if you have to have to keep it or let yourself go, okay, where's the trash here? All right. Where's the easy stuff that actually doesn't even belong on this counter, but it just blended in with all the stuff that was there. So go ahead and follow those same basic principles and go ahead and start. And also think like, you know, think of that, that storage closet you know, once you have the visible areas done, focus on that storage closet that you're pretty sure is full of stuff you don't need at all. And that you really won't want to move, get rid of that. So you'll have room to put the things you do have to keep that, um, you know, but everything's a container because everything's a container, right? Okay. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. Okay. Here we go. Here's another one. I know you've mentioned not to pull everything out, but I plan to do a kitchen declutter soon. And I'd like a better idea of what I have with everything out. Would you recommend pulling one item out, example a serving bowl, and then just go through all the cabinets looking for serving bowls only to pull out and make a decision or designate a time block and go ahead and empty the cabinets completely. Okay, the sassiness is bubbling in me on this one, you guys. And I (laughs) like I don't even remember who all said these. And I love my kindred spirits so, so much. And so you guys know, right? Okay, you guys. I have not mentioned to not pull everything out. I have said my method will never tell you to pull everything out. It's kind of like my big thing. Don't pull everything out. And so would I recommend to designate a time plot time block and go ahead and empty the cabinets completely? No. The answer is no. No, I will never recommend that. But here's the thing: do whatever you want to do. Like if you want to do it. That's great. But I also know um, that I hear from people all the time who will say, I went ahead and pulled everything out because I was sure I had this amount of time. And the same thing happened that always happened, which is I got distracted and now I have this huge disastrous house. Okay. So I am never going to tell you to pull everything out. Okay. I'm never going to tell you to empty the cabinets completely unless you are wiping down the cabinets. And even then I would say, do one small section at a time and don't do them all at one time. Okay. If you want to wipe them down just to get away with this, whatever, but I am never going to tell you to pull everything out. Okay. So what do I recommend? I recommend following the process. Um, start with the easy stuff, start with trash, easy stuff does and go item by item. Then If you go through the process, the five-step process that's in decluttering at the speed of life, and that I've talked about in all the podcasts, if you go through that process and you have already removed everything that either wasn't supposed to be in that cabinet, it's gone. Okay. And it's in its home. You have removed anything that was like, "Um, I'm sorry, why did I even have this in there? Okay. This is trash. Or you have removed already the does like that skillet that you cannot stand because it's impossible to clean and always burns things. Okay. I'm looking at you cheap stainless steel anyway, but like once those things are out, once you have gone item by item and asked yourself the two decluttering questions, okay, those two decluttering questions have absolutely, they are not affected by whether or not you know everything that you have. Okay. Like those, they, they are not based on that. They are not based on you knowing and having a knowledge of everything that you have. They are based on that one specific item and whether you can answer those two questions or not. Okay. So do that. And then let's say that you've put skillets in the cabinet where you would look for skillets and now they can't possibly fit. Okay. Then you pick your best ones and you embrace the limits. You know, you put everything together. That's, that's part of the five step process is consolidating, putting your skillets together, putting your, um, saucepans together, putting all your forks together. That's part of it, but you're doing it within the space that you're going to be using anyway. Okay. Now this is after you've already gotten all that excess stuff out of there. You put things together. If you put all your forks together in the fork slot of your, whatever that thing is called in your, cutlery drawer, silverware drawer, whatever. If you put them all in there and the drawer won't close, well then you need to take out your least favorite ones until the drawer closes. Okay, so like and go ahead with the process and then you tell me. Oof, the sassiness. Y'all, I'm so sorry. I'm not usually this sassy on a Monday, but I guess that's what this week is going to be. I should probably let my husband know. <laughs> anyway, um once you have gone through the process If you still feel like I need to know everything that I have, pull it out. But you're going to have a whole lot less out than you do. And I'm still not telling you to pull it out. I'm only saying if you insist. If you want my recommendation, I'm going to say follow my process and don't pull everything out. My guess is that by the time you're through with the process, you are going to have a full awareness of everything that you have. You're also going to have a whole lot less overwhelming amount of stuff. And you're only going to have what you can handle. If you've actually purged down to the limits of the container and the space that you have. (sighs) Okay. Here's some other questions. I'm not for sure that these will have that same answer. Did the quarantine change any of your, which is my, uh, grocery or pantry supply buying habits? Have you adjusted any of them back? Um, they really did not change my pantry and grocery buying habits, other than the fact that I couldn't always get what I wanted to get, you know, so sometimes I had to adjust according to like, there was a time where it was really hard to find pasta. It was very difficult to find yeast, not that I ever cook with yeast, but whatever, I wanted some. I finally got it once basically all but bread baking energy was gone. Uh, let's see. What are some other things? Meat, you know, there was a time where there was a real meat shortage and you couldn't get that. So other than that, no, I actually, you know, I, I have other podcasts where I've talked about my basic strategies of, you know, keeping my pantry stocked, what I keep on hand all the time, how I pre-cook meat so that I can get meals done really quickly. Honestly, this just made me that much more thankful that I already operate my, um, grocery pantry stuff that way. Anyway, I think I went, it was either 31 or 41, but let's say 41 just to be a little more impressive. But I think it really was 41 days with no repeated meals in our house. And that's like cooking every day, except for Friday night and Thursday lunch. I'm pretty impressed with myself on that one. And at lunches, we're not actually like lunches were, you know, everybody made their own meals, but I'm just saying for dinners, we did not repeat. And it was because I had my basics, you know, I would throw this kind of pasta with that kind of meat with that kind of sauce, you know, make that whatever. And then sometimes I would do something, you know, I know I made my chicken Parmesan, which is a little more time intensive and effort intensive. I made that one night when I was like, okay, well, we had nothing else going on. So I spent three hours working on it in the kitchen, even though it doesn't really take that long, but you know, it was something I was like, I'm going to tackle something that I don't usually make. Um, but because of that, then I was also really thankful for my nights when I didn't feel like cooking, but I could get a meal on the table because of, you know, my pre-cooked meats and things like that. Okay. Um, question how to manage when your container is larger than your clutter threshold. I often keep things that I don't use or need in closets on shelves since technically I have the room. Okay. This is a good question. And I, several people kind of chimed in on this and we're talking about, you know, I have a basement, which I'm jealous of you. If you have a basement, um, or a storage room or whatever, like they have, you know, and I've heard this from several people uh, who have land, you know, it's like, well, I've got land. And so technically we, do have, you know, storage units or a barn or whatever. So we technically, we could keep everything. Um, couple things on this one. I don't think I'm going to be quite as sassy on this answer. I'm so sorry for my previous sassiness, but whatever. Um, okay. If you have a basement that you don't want to be a storage unit, okay. Um, define that room, Maybe you have an idea of what you would like it to be, but remember my game room, my game room that I used to call my game room slash office, slash guest room, uh, because it was just kind of an all-purpose room. It's easy for a space like that that is like, "Wow, I do have this extra space for that space to be feel like an all-purpose room. But then all-purpose room can also mean it doesn't have a definite purpose which means I might as well stick stuff in there, which means it turns into a storage space. Okay. So defining those spaces and say, okay, what do I wish that this house had? I love hearing, I've heard the Nestor talk about it. I've been following Young House Love on Instagram. And one of the things she was talking about recently was um, how she loves hearing from people who are like figuring out what they really want in their home's function. You know, like what do they want? Like We don't ever use this room, but we sure would like a room for such and such. We're going to redo this room and make it, you know, so defining rooms. You've been in your house long enough now, or you were in your house for a long enough period to kind of know what it is your family needs. So defining those rooms so that if you stick stuff in there, you're sticking stuff in the kids' playroom, which makes it harder for it to be a playroom because it's got mom's random stacks of stuff in it. Okay. So defining those rooms will help with that. Another thing on that is ask the decluttering questions, like going through the whole process. There's purpose in that. Ask the decluttering questions, still go through the steps. Okay. So yes, you have room for this stuff. And yet you're asking this question. And so you don't you have frustration over the fact that these extra spaces are just filled with random stuff. Okay. So ask the decluttering questions. Those will weed out the random stuff. Okay. Go through the process, go through the looking for trash. I'm a look for trash. I am going to, you know, easy stuff is putting stuff that's already established. It has a home. Okay. That doesn't really apply in this one, but you're still going to ask yourself that. Okay. So you're not accidentally just, Oh, well, I've got a place and I have space. So I'm just going to stick this here. No, ask yourself, does this already have a home? Take it there. Duh clutter things that you really just don't want. Give yourself permission to get rid of that. You don't have to keep it just because you have the room for it. Okay. And then, uh, ask the decluttering questions. Okay. Those same decluttering questions on all of your stuff. Now it's preference. If you have this, storage space and you can put all this random stuff there and it doesn't affect your life. Go for it. Whatever, you know, I mean, that's your house, it's your business. But if it's driving you crazy cuz you're like, uh, that's just a bunch of junk in there. I don't even really need it. Technically, I have the room, but it drives me crazy knowing it's there. Well, then ask these questions. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? If the answer isn't this random storage space, then that's not where it needs to be. It needs to be in the place where you would look for it first. Okay? If you can't answer that question, don't just go, Oh, well, I guess I would look for it here. Then if you literally cannot answer that question, where would I look for it first? Then ask yourself the second question. If I needed this, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? Okay. Cause you didn't just say, Oh, in this room, you could not answer that question. So then you have to admit that you would never go looking for it, which means you'd either do without, or you'd go and buy another one and then you'd have two, okay? And then that's even more frustrating. So use those same questions, that same process to work through the stuff to get you to the point where you know, do I need to keep this item or not? Now, the container concept, yes, it applies here in putting once once you have gotten rid of the stuff that you don't need in there, once things are in their actual home where you would look for it, um instead of it just, you know, cuz when it's just a random putting place, you can just randomly stick stuff in there. And then you might look in two or three places before you go look in that spot. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be in that first place where you would look for it, but go through the container, you know, through the step five, which is make it fit, which is to consolidate, put like things together, just simply doing that. Okay. So we've gotten rid of everything. It doesn't need to be in this room. I'm going to put all the like stuff together. Instead of it just being random, I'm going to put all of the, I don't know, all of the accompaniment CDs from the nineties from when I used to sing in church. I'm going to put all those in one spot. Okay. And just doing that will often trigger in your brain. Oh yeah, I guess I don't need that many of those. Right. And again, maybe you get it down to the point where you go, Oh, you know, this room really, I only need two shelves of this room that had 12 shelves in it. I only need two to actually store things. So maybe I could do something different with this room. Okay. And it'll open up that possibility for you to be able to then define the purpose of that room. All right. I'm going to stop there. I will talk to you guys next week.